Welcome to the grant, the EU funding podcast. Christmas, and of course the Grand also serves you a Christmas special. The season is wonderful, most people will agree, but for Grand consultants and anyone forced to deal with proposals with deadlines in January, it is a time with mixed feelings. And for many, the focus on the celebrations and lovely time with the family and friends is lost in proposal anxiety and overwhelming amounts of work. Back in autumn, I invited founder and managing director of the Cypriotic Boutique Grants Consultancy Company, Grant Expert, Silvia Haji Christodoulou, to have a Christmas special in the grant. She's Orthodox Christian, so is my wife. Hence, there's a basis for a lovely talk about Christmas, but also the difficult elements as grants consultant. We share anecdotes of horrible past proposal processes we experienced during Christmas and how it has formed our view on avoiding exactly this. It became a talk about the vital importance of managers and their understanding of their employees and the importance of managers to be courageous enough to turn down assignments that will damage the employees. Please enjoy. Welcome to the Grand the EU Funding Podcast. Now, uh, this is a Christmas special. I thought I should do one. And I've actually been uh, thinking about this for a while. And it was back in uh, back in autumn that I got in contact with Grand, Grand Expert, a uh, Cypriotic company, uh, and interviewed one of their employees. And I already back then checked backstage if if they would be interested to uh, to do a Christmas special. So this is what we're having now. But now it's the manager I have on board, uh, Celia. Welcome. Thank you, Niels. It's great to be with you. We've managed. We've managed to do it. We've managed to arrange our podcast. Indeed, and uh, you because you're a busy person. Uh, I think we're both busy, but yeah, I'll, I'll accept that. <laughs> yeah. Of course. No, it's a, you are not only a manager, but you also have a family to support there. So that's uh, but we we can maybe maybe get back to that. But may yeah, maybe you just shortly present yourself. Of course, of course. My name is Celia Haji Christodoulou. That's a long Cypriot surname. I know, not easy to pronounce. Um, I come from Cyprus. And I'm the founder and managing director of Grant Expert Consulting. Uh, I think we'll be talking more about what we do, our expertise, our years of experience. So I won't be bothering you now with the, with this introductory stuff. No. It's uh, for the introduction, I always ask the guests what are their main capacities uh, within EU funding. So grants writing or facilitating or so where, where's your... Okay. So what we, we handle three main areas, Nils. We do the proposal. We do first of all the strategic map. 
So we identify on behalf of our clients uh, which programs, either at national level in Cyprus or at EU level, are the right program for the client. We're a boutique consulting company, so we don't have a big number of clients. We prefer to work with a very specific uh, type of clients, like um, startups, innovative companies, research organizations, universities, and innovative SMEs. Mm -hmm. But we also work a lot with new entrepreneurs, with uh, municipalities, but uh, the municipality comes at the secondary level, let's say. And so we handle, first of all, the strategic map. We identify the calls. Then we, we decide with the client which EU calls or national calls we're going to aim for. We write the proposal. We submit the proposal. And we handle from A to Z the whole process for the client. So both the writing, the budget development, finding the right partners, um, handling the submission process. So the whole process is done by us. Mm -hmm. And once the proposal is uh, successful, we handle also the project management on behalf of our client. We're next to them, side by side, consulting, advising, making sure they follow all the rules mm -hmm. so that they get the funding up to 100%. And along the way, Niels, we have developed expertise in specific areas in business development, business planning, exploitation, dissemination, project management. And, and supporting young entrepreneurs and startups mm -hmm. a lot. Uh, thank you. And your personal experience. So you you probably uh, you probably uh, started up this company because you have a lot of experience. So your own background. Uh... Yeah. So my background is uh, my studies is I have an accounting and finance bachelor from the LSE from the London School of Economics, and then I did a master. Uh, and then feel, as they call it, in the University of Cambridge in management studies. Mm -hmm. So my background is a lot of related to business and management. Mm -hmm. And when I returned to Cyprus, I decided that I also wanted to follow uh, a teaching, a, a, an academic career. Uh, so I started a PhD through a distant route uh, with the University of Sheffield. And at the same time, I was working at the European University of Cyprus, which, which is one of the oldest and most prestigious private universities here in, in my country. And I was working at the research center where I was learning a lot about which are the available funding programs, how I can support academics in writing their proposal and finding the right call and submitting and then handling the project management and the financial management. So I got the experience from all the sectors in relation to EU funding when I was working at the university for four and a half years. Mm -hmm. And I realized at the time that there was a big gap in the secret market because Cyprus became a member of the EU in 2004. Yep. So when I started learning about this exciting, amazing board of EU funding programs, it was back in 2005, Niels. I was very young at the time. And nobody knew, not a lot of people knew a lot about EU funding programs in Cyprus. It was a new area. So uh, I realized that there was a gap in the market after four and a half years of, of doing this consulting work for academics and researchers that a lot of people didn't know where to find the information, which programs are relevant to them, how to write a proposal, how to submit, how to handle financial, how to handle the project management and all these rules and the bureaucracy. So I applied to this national funding program called uh, Support for Women Entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. 
I got the funding in 2009 and since then I have uh, the company, I'm running this company with a lot of difficulties, with a lot of ups and downs and, you know, with a lot of successes and, and happy moments. I think it's all part of the entrepreneurial journey, which is not an easy road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's it, when you do it like this. Uh, of course, you you have solid experience uh, dealing with this and working with this. So that's also why you have been able to to thrive with your company. Now, thanks for this. It's Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I love, a, I love Christmas. Before we, so for the dear listeners, we keep you in the waiting, and so dear listeners, this is a Christmas special, and we will uh, see you today. We will talk about uh, Christmas, doing grants preparations, grants applications during Christmas, and and why why it's horrible, and and why you have chosen a different path in grant expert. Yeah, of course I have. Yeah. But before we get to <laughs> that, I love Christmas. That's why. Let's uh, let's spread a little cozy Christmas feel throughout the throughout Europe <laughs> to the listeners. Yes. So how is uh, how how is uh, how is it looking? In uh, one in your house and two in the streets where you live. Do you have uh, do you have the lights out and? Uh... Well, my house is full with lights because I have two daughters. Of course. Who are who are <laughs> eight, eight and eleven, mm-hmm. so they love Christmas. They they enjoy decorating the house very early start of November, and I also enjoy this very much. Mm-hmm. So my country is not one which is very popular in terms of decoration uh-huh. because, as you know, Cyprus is a very hot, uh, sunny country. We still have sunny days even in December. Mm-hmm. So you don't really feel this Christmas spirit. That's why I always choose to travel in other countries of Europe. Do you put uh, do you put uh, Christmas trees in Cyprus? Do you have that kind of tradition there? Sorry? Christmas trees. Do you have them? We have like... yes, yes. We have Christmas trees in the houses and everywhere around in the streets and in decorations in public area. Okay, big ones. Okay, and uh, so one of the things and one of the reasons why I wanted to to have you on for Christmas special is because you're from Cyprus and Cyprus is Orthodox Christian. Yes, for correct. the for the people who do not know, um, Greek Orthodox Christian. Um, and so my, well, I'm not, but my wife is, uh, and I've been married to her. I've been known her since 2009. So I've been since 2009. She's Romanian Orthodox Christian. Yes. Uh, so since back then, so that's, uh, 13 going on 14 years now, I've been, uh, very I'm more and more familiar uh, with, with the, with the Orthodox celebrations. Um, and the thing is not only is she Romanian Orthodox, but she is also closely connected to the Greek community because her grand okay. grandmother, she has a line in the family that's Greek. Uh, many people in Romania do that. Has that? So we um, we have been in Aachen, where we live for 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 four years. We went to the Greek church, the Greek community there, and uh, in in Brussels, where we also live, we also not only the Greek, but went. The Greek community was one of the places where we went there. So it's um, so I've, I've got a feeling over the years about how you know the how we celebrate. Oh, yeah, both the service and and how how the Orthodox tradition is, but also the Christmas uh, festivity. So, do you yes. go to how is it? Do you go to Chris to to church in yeah. uh, the twenty fourth in the, the evening? On the twenty fifth, we go to church early in the morning on the twenty fifth, mm-hmm. 
And then we, you know, we, we gather in a house with the family and friends for, uh, for the Christmas breakfast. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Santa Claus also arrives uh, very early in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, you know, midnight on the 24th after. So the kids wake up very early on the 25th to see what the Santa Claus has brought to them under the tree. Mm-hmm. Then we go to church around 8, 9 o'clock. And then we have our Christmas uh, breakfast in, in in our parents' house all together, the family. Uh-huh. So, but also we celebrate a lot here uh, meals on New Year's Eve. So again, we all gather uh, during the night on the uh, New Year's Eve in in a family house or in a friend's house. Mm-hmm. We celebrate there. We we count from ten to one yeah. when the year changes. You know the usual stuff. Yeah. My wife has had to adapt a little bit because I've, in 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 Denmark we celebrate Christmas on the twenty fourth in the evening. Yes, correct. and she's been very kind over the years to to <laughs> shifting that. But it's every year it's an issue if we should have gifts in the morning or in the evening. <laughs> correct, correct. So I think you have to do both. So half of the gifts are given on the twenty fourth. Half of the gifts on the twenty. We always we always manage one way or the other to make it you know like, to make it fit. <laughs> Correct, correct, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. But it's nice to see different ways of how people celebrate. Yeah. That's something interesting for me. And our kids are also taught at school how other nations, other cultures celebrate Christmas. So I love reading this kind of stories that the kids bring from school. Yeah. <laughs> No, let's uh, let's let's get on with the with the more contenty contenty part of the of the podcast. Uh, but uh, but as mentioned, we stick to the Christmas um, Christmas theme here. So when I I had a summer special on the roughness of of the deadlines that the commission they they have. Uh, they choose to put deadlines right after summer holiday and right Discuss after this. Christmas, so in in January. Um, so that was a, that was a double episode where we <laughs> discussed yes, the awfulness of that, and it was also a theme with the uh, talk I had with your your former colleague Christina uh, about the four day week. Yeah, that because that was sort of. Yeah, sparked it, wasn't easy. it, at, uh, it wasn't know, an easy attempt, but we wanted to try it. It's out. rough to do this uh, and so on, but this company managed to only have four days working week over the summer, so of that course. was with Christina. Indeed, and I can recommend anyone who listens to this if you haven't listened to it. It's a very nice talk I have with uh, with Christina. That's go back, and you will find it. It's simply called uh, Four Day Working Week. Uh, you can't miss it when you when you scroll through my uh, my episodes. Now, so. The idea for this episode is to have a talk about the Christmas part of this because they do. it's they do. they do. I have done them. I have done them. Yeah. Of they have deadlines in January. And you have done them, you have done them, and I have done them. Now you're the guest, so if we start with the anecdotes or with sort of practical examples of how horrible that is, so can you share with me and the listeners? Yeah. What, uh, of course. Maybe the most awful one you did. Yeah. To be honest with you, I always, you know, decide that I won't be working during the, the Christmas week, no matter no matter what the deadlines are around me after the New Year's Eve. But 
when I was younger, Nils, when I started this company and I really wanted to have, you know, the chance of working with big, prestigious universities, research organizations, you know, big companies, I didn't have the luxury to say no. I was very eager to get the company to create a good branding name and for me to have good revenues, you know, to be able to pay the salaries and the utility bills and the renting. So you couldn't really say no when a really good opportunity arose. What I remember very vividly was that the Marie Curie deadlines, the horizon uh, Marie Curie deadlines, always before, you know, five or six years ago, they were around the 17th or 18th of January. This is a very demanding proposal. And and you re- it is required that you have a really uh, sound consortium with prestigious universities, with top industry partners, uh, and it's a very competitive call. So if, if you had any chance of getting it, you have to get like 93 out of 100 and, and upwards. Otherwise, you couldn't get it. And we were trying to get this Marie Curie proposal successful, get accepted one year after the other. So we were always very close, like getting 92, 93, and we weren't getting it. So it was very frustrating. But what is very, you know, very vivid in my mind is that after the 1st of January, um, I already had the proposal ready up to, you know, 70 or 80% before leaving for the Christmas holiday. And after the 2nd of January, I had to go back, remind all the partners the information I needed from them, chase them to send me their information, their staff rates uh, to create the budget and so on. And I remember always really struggling on the 17th or the 18th of January to submit the proposal on time before the, the portal was closed. Do you remember the do you remember the Christmas itself, the Christmas week uh, of that year? Do you remember how that came about? Did you did you work in between Christmas and New Year's? Yeah. Yeah, I have I have to say because I didn't mention it that after three attempts mm-hmm. we managed to get the Mercury accepted but it wasn't an easy process it took two or three years um the christmas week what i remember vividly is that yes i may have work but uh, i also had my phd at the same time so usually on christmas days i had to do both of them uh, which is doesn't leave you any time to really relax you feel stressful other people like around you enjoy themselves and are relaxed but mm-hmm. you have to work you have the deadline and my friends, very often, they make fun of me. They always tell me, you're going to turn into an old lady of 90 years old. And when we call you, we'll continue telling us, I have a deadline. So it's like a joke because mm-hmm. whenever they call me, I tell them I have a deadline. <laughs> and they make they make fun of me because that's always something I tell them. They don't get it because they're not in our field. But people who are in our field can really get it. With this this pressure of having a deadline, which you know cannot change, uh-uh. it's very rigid. Yeah. So after after you know becoming more, you know, feeling more successful in terms of the company growing, having a bigger number of employees, I have selected, I have chosen that if there is a deadline right after Christmas meals. I won't be choosing that deadline. I won't be choosing in submitting a proposal for that call because as we all know, there are so many opportunities 
during the year to submit proposals. There are so many calls available. You have the luxury of choosing which ones you will go after and which ones you will, let's say, I'm, I'm going to pass. So I, I deliberately choose to pass any deadlines that are right after the Christmas and the New Year's Eve holiday because I want my colleagues, my employees to also rest. I give them some days uh, as holidays mm-hmm. from, from the company, not from their annual leave days. I give them as a present one or two days. And I also tell them you get some more holidays off from your own holidays that you're allowed during the Christmas holidays. We do the same in the Easter break and we do the same in the summer break. So we all switch off at the same time. We all stop calling each other or sending messages or email during the same days. And this gives us a really good opportunity to recharge the batteries and come back you know, with new strength, motivation, eagerness, and, and energy in the beginning of the year. Okay, so now you, uh, you sort of um, went into explaining how you've been doing it, um, which is, which is, which is, yeah. um, so this is not, um, this is related to, you need to, you need to plan this, right? So you need to, you need to, yeah, so exactly. this is a combination of being successful earlier Meaning that you're not such so, so, so much under pressure. Yeah, exactly. Because you have a rolling, you have yeah. you have you're uh, from not fees, you have uh, uh, funding from the commission for projects where you're taking uh, part in, um, and you already have clients that you know uh, are you know like coming for calls later in the year, or maybe they already you already submitted in autumn, so you have sort of covered your. Uh, yeah. covered what you need to cover so this is but it's not so this is yeah. that's one thing but the other thing is naturally uh, that that when you start looking into the 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 call deadlines and when you look when you look at what is coming towards you from clients then you need to and this is what you have chosen to do uh, to to say yeah this one we're not going to do <laughs> And that takes that takes strength exactly. as a as a smaller uh, consultancy company, yeah. A lot, yeah. It's not easy. It's not easy. Nils. Let, I would like to explain how we do this. I think that, that the secret of not being desperate in submitting another proposal and another proposal, mm-hmm. you know, and doing this all year round, because as we all know, writing proposal is an exhausting yeah. and tiring process. It takes it takes stamina. It takes patience coordinating a lot of people at the same time exactly. and writing at the same time. So if you're if you're handling the whole the whole process one person handling, it's it's very daunting and, and time consuming process. And for you to have chances of getting the proposal successful, you really need to put a lot of hours of work to do a good job. So the secret of not being desperate to continuously do this day after day, year after year is to have the is to have found some kind of steady incomes from other sources and in our case the other sources is that we are also a training organization so we take a lot of funds from Erasmus projects and national programs that give you money to organize training programs training seminars so we have a steady flow of income coming from those 
And this gives you the luxury of not being desperate day after day, month after month, to really write proposals to get paid from clients or to get success fee or to do their project management work. So we're trying to be less dependent from clients and more introverted in terms of, of writing proposals that are relevant to our areas of expertise internally, I mean. As, as researchers, as trainers ourselves, not always trying to, to satisfy the needs of external yeah. people. And this, this is a matter of confidence. It's a matter of having a calm stomach as a, ma- stomach as a manager. Because that's you, um, and and you you you, call, you sort of set the baseline for the company and for your employees. Um, so it takes. A, You're right. It wasn't easy, Nils, to not. have this confidence at the beginning. It took years. It took years for me to feel confident that we can write big proposals like Horizon Europe. I didn't believe sure. in myself at the beginning. Sure. I thought, this is for the big players. This is for the big universities. These are for the established ones. And we don't stand any chance. So you build this kind of confidence as you develop experience and expertise and you see what is successful and what is not. So you try things, what works, what doesn't work. And then you start believing in your own capabilities yeah. and strengths. And this is, I can tell you... I- the consulting company I work for, uh, the, it's, the situation was, or the, the discourse was somewhat different. You know, like it was all, it was always running after this, uh, running after the profit, no matter when or how. They would disagree, probably. They sit and shake their heads if they listen to this, but it's the truth that uh, that 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 is the discourse and this is what uh, employees throughout that companies put through some people some managers are better than others it's a it's a very big company i work for so you have many departments throughout europe where uh, you will have some who have a little bit somewhat different like you approach Um, and then you have others where it's just uh, gong 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 and unfortunately i was in one of the rough ends so I've my own my own story. I'm gonna make it short, but it's quite. It tells a lot about how that world is because I know that some consultants listening to this will be nodding to what I'm gonna tell now. This was a matter of me coming into the consultancy business, and I came from a public side, came into the private consultancy business, and I was helping them with uh, facilitating parts for the for the first six, seven, eight months I was there. So a background building up different business models in towards universities. So I was not writing proposals at the time. But my managers, they were not satisfied with the results that I was having. So they wanted to push me towards more concrete proposals. Um, so and that happened in the end of the year. So I was supposed supposed to help our our Spanish colleagues because they were short of of staff for for some some assignments that they'd taken, and that deadline was oh twentieth of January, I think something like something like this. We yeah, had so it, was a, it was a it was a coordination and support action, so it was not a rough research proposal, but still, uh, the, the the it was an empty blank page. Yeah. Uh, I was not supposed to write a lot, but I was supposed to build up the project idea. I was supposed to build up the consortium, and I was supposed to to make the make the baseline so they could hit the hit the keyboard. 
<laughs> hit the keyboard writing uh, like crazy in the last two weeks. So, and this so this happens in end November that I get this. So you can imagine, we had booked a holiday in Spain, uh, in Costa del Sol. Uh, so that Christmas, I was spent. Lovely weather, uh, 17 to 20 degrees. Uh, not, not to the not you don't Next go into year. the water. That's too cool. But it's still like like a lovely spring in northwestern Europe, right? Yeah, that's how it is today in Cyprus. And I was constantly uh, in between Christmas preparations and so on. I was constantly having meetings, sitting and stressing over getting things together and so on. So. So it, you didn't enjoy it. That's the problem. I you don't enjoy anything. I I, I had pretty strong mentally back at that time, so I sort of uh, I could push things aside. You know, like I put put a wall in between. Okay, now I work, so it's it's just I work like a working day, and then wall down, and then Christmas. You know, <laughs> uh, but it got shitty, <laughs> too absolutely horrible. Exactly. And, and, exactly. You you don't, you feel very bad doing this to your family, to yourself, and you think that it's not worth it actually. Yeah. Now, any manager out there that sits for a company would say, "Ah, but if you didn't earn your profits, of course, they need to see some profit for you." Yeah. yeah, yeah. But maybe there would have been a long-term planning here. Say, look, this. That's why you have the whole year. Yeah, we need to look at. We need. We need to look at something here, but. We know it's been a rough year, or you know, we can see that. Uh, but we're a big company, so we can take this these small small punches here. But we need to look at this. But take your holiday, and then we have a yeah. look at it afterwards uh, and make, make a solid plan. That was not the case. It was here. Go, 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 go. <laughs> I we made the proposal. Came on the reserve list. It's one of the most successful. I uh, and I was the one that built the project idea. You know, so I sharpened my project idea you know like development yeah, really creatively is. that was fine nice consortium uh but uh but the process was horrible yeah. can, can <laughs> i comment on something you, sure. you have a whole year to develop a plan for each employee to develop the kpis the goals today today and tomorrow what i'm doing is i'm meeting with each one of my employees we're, we're, we're yeah. around 20 people right now and we are discussing how the year went for them and what are their goals for next year on, on a professional level and the goals for the company, what they want to achieve. So we have a whole year to achieve these goals. We shouldn't achieve the goals on the last week of the year, Nils. It no. means we haven't been doing a good job throughout the year. So I really yep. believe that we can work very intensively over periods of time you know, have peak periods, then you really need to relax. The peak has to go down. Get some fresh air, refresh your mind, charge your batteries. Then you go back to this peak period, but you really need to have these ups and downs in how intensively you work. You cannot be on the top all the time because then you have breakdowns, overburdening employees, people want to leave, dissatisfied employees and then what do you have everybody abandoning you at some point so if, yeah, if yeah. you care about keeping a team united motivated yeah. happy loving what they do even if it's a very stressful industry 
we have to all face this. We work in a very demanding, fast-paced, and, mm-hmm. uh, and very stressful industry. Our area is very stressful. People who don't yeah. do it, they can understand this. All of us that hear this today know exactly what That's I'm the baseline. Talking. So you have to have yeah. this kind of stamina and, and work over time in this. You cannot keep going in red, you know, over red <laughs> lights all, the, all day long. It, it doesn't work. Your productivity falls. No. You're not effective. You start being a negative person around other people. And, and I, I have seen it. I have done it myself and I have seen it too. To people around me. Yeah, yeah, and it's um, so. So these, so as 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 you can hear out there, dear listeners, these are two very very different experiences. So she just shared with us um, that she had a rough year, and then she uh, changed course. She met because she had the power. First of all, she made her own company, and then she decided that this was not supposed to be the case for either her yeah. and him. Basically, and then you plan yourself around this. Basically, Niels, is it wasn't just one bad experience. It was a lot of bad experiences. You realize at some point that if you want to go for the long run and have a successful company on the long run, not just on short, short-term profits, you really need to build a team which is capable, united, motivated, and eager to stay and work for this company. You cannot achieve this if you keep asking people to work overtime or not being with their families or not having work-life balance or not having a good well-being. So I may work a lot of hours during the day. When we finish this podcast, I'm going to continue working over the night, but I don't want my employees to work after 4 o'clock when they leave the office. I want them to have work-life balance. That's the only way for them to be happy and want to stay. Yeah. And this, and this, as I also, uh, the conclusion that we, uh, that me and Christina had, and the conclusion we had this summer uh, with my two two guests from, from Austria and Serbia, exactly the same. This is a manager. This is a, a lot of responsibility lies on the shoulders of the managers. Uh, around consulting companies all over Europe, exactly. because this this is something that you, as a manager, if you step, if you have the ability to step into the people's shoe, if you're the person to say, "I understand what it is you're doing. I understand the roughness. I understand that this is not nice, but it's it's the reward is 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 great. But I understand what you go through." We need to do something with this. We need to manage ourselves out of making sure that that you are good. After that, that you over the year you get the breaks, you know, that you get diffuse, that you and this. So this is it's fundamental. And what you did with the four day working, we see it's it shows an incredible amount of bravery. I would all, almost say as you, as a small boutique company because you're not you don't have a lot of people with yeah. you. Right? It's yes, a small it's company. A small it's company. a small company. Yeah. And it doesn't take much in in a if things go a little wrong over a year if that where it's but but you have the the guts had the guts to take these kind of decisions because you as a manager believe in that this is something that's gonna come back to you tenfold of course. Uh, with people that will work for you they want to work for you because they know that you have their back yeah of course there's. I didn't have managers that had my back. Of course, you're right. I think at the end of the day, 
It's all about caring about the people that you work for and the people who work yeah. for you. And it's a yeah. very basic, you know, uh, understanding, business, management, one-on-one, caring about the people, having happy workers, and then them returning this back tenfold, as you said. Of course, Nils, yeah. there are people who don't appreciate this. There are people who are ungrateful. There are people who don't care if you work extra time to cover their own mistakes. But the majority of people do appreciate it and do recognize it and they feel motivated to work for this kind of company. Okay. That's, that's, that's my experience. Indeed. Um, Celia, I promised you that this is not going to be a long episode. Normally my episodes are long, but this is not supposed to be a long episode. Um, I think um, now we recorded for 30, 35 minutes or something like this. Um, and we made our point. Yes. <laughs> we, shared, we, shared, we shared our our story, so to say, on Christmas, horrible Christmas. Because I would love to, and to see the comments of my people after they hear our, our podcast. Whether they agree with this approach, with this managerial approach, or whether they have uh, a different viewpoint. I would love to see different viewpoints as well. This goes out to all the managers and to all the, the consultants uh, that run around and and, uh, and are serving the managers, so to say. You can push <laughs> push for this. Now, I can tell you what happened the year after. I was even more busy, uh, but I choose not to work during the Christmas Good. Week. So you had the option. I it, it was that was even more because then I get then I had my my near burnout. Uh, I remember I was uh, I was almost throwing up literally when we submitted the green deal. I had three green deal proposals at the same time, oh and I and I almost broke down in tears. We had a sort of celebration in the company online COVID online good, and I was like, this is this is ridiculous. You know, I just. I just warm myself out. I cannot bear to sit together and I then just I need want to, to sit sleep. and look at people. I just think. want to sleep. Give me a break. Um, yeah, so it's but for Christmas, for Christmas week at least, I was. You weren't working. I was choosing. Yeah, I was choosing not to work. Yeah, yeah because no. the deadline was, if I remember correctly, was the end of January. So you had time to work on it after the Christmas yeah. holidays. <laughs> No, that's anecdotes. I will also try to have anecdote sections in my uh, in my podcast that I will share it with your listeners another another time about the horrible green deal submissions. <laughs> no. See ya. Yes. Um, how do you uh, here to to end up on a on a on a bright note? Um, the celebrations with the team. Do you have any? What do you do in the in the team? Yeah, we do. We do. We we have. Well, I think it's very important to socialize with the team outside working hours, and you know, just spend time with each other, relax, have fun. We have our Christmas yep. party in three days, so next Wednesday on the twenty first of, of December. And we will be going on a on an no, excursion no. in a nice village up in the mountains, all of us together in a nice bus, you know, walking around, having fun, eating, going for coffee, playing games. So we try to do these meals at least nice. three or four times per year. 
a few months ago we had a master class, cooking master class. So we had a professional uh, Wonderful. cook who showed us how to do different recipes in a professional kitchen. In the summer, we went to the beach and we also had a lovely time uh, there uh, going for swimming and having our lunch and drinks. So we always try to spend some time. It's not always easy. So ideally, I would love to have more you know, social activities with the team, going for drinks every week, having a barbecue every now and then. But... Even if it's four times a year, again, I think people really have a nice time. We will have our secret Santa as well mm-hmm. when we go for the excursion. So again, that's a fun activity. And um, it's, again, part of what I was saying before, Nils. You have to really show to your um, colleagues that you care about them, you appreciate the work they do, and the effort and the long hours. And this is a small thank you from me at the end of the year for having an amazing year, a very successful year. And I wanted to thank them about this. And also spending time with each other because we don't always have now time to spend with each other. Some people work from the office. Some people work in a hybrid mode and they come to the office a few days of the the week. So we're not all together at the office at the same time. So... That's a nice opportunity for all of us to meet. Nice. Very nice. Um, happy to hear it. It's a, You know what? I think you're a good manager. <laughs> I have to be honest with you. I'm really trying. It's not an easy job. Anyone who's a leader or a manager mm-hmm. knows what I'm talking about. It's very exhausting to do the work, the task, and also at the same time, see how your people are feeling, if they're happy, if there's a problem happening in the office, any rumors, any gossiping. You know, I always tell people, I don't want any gossip in the office. I don't want people talking about each other behind their backs. If you have a problem behind their backs, if you have a problem, yeah. talk, talk to each other and discuss it and find a solution quickly. Don't drag uh, about it and and if you need my help i'm here to discuss it but it's not accepted for people to no. come and, and gossip so about each other in the office and that's why we have a nice a very nice climate in the office a very nice working relationship yeah, the manager the goes forward with these things so if you set a good example if you have put shed light on this you know then it it sets the tone so to say so yeah. exactly it always starts this kind of culture and values to start from the top yeah. and they go down yeah. to the rest of the team members. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for your nice words. I really appreciate it. No, this. of course not. I, I both talked to one of your your employees. I was very happy working for you. Uh, and now I talk to yourself. So it's and it's also the impression I get from, from the feed you get. So you share about the team on, on LinkedIn in post and so on. It's nice. Yes, yes, yes. It's very important for me because if you think about it, Nils, we spend more time with our colleagues than yeah. with, our, <laughs> with our spouses, our partners, or our kids. So it makes sense to have a nice time with these people. And, <laughs> yes. and, and since I'm the manager of this company, I'm the founder, I choose to work with people I like. That's the luxury of, of having your own company. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the luxury of being a manager. Yes. You decide who's going to work. I decide who is a nice person, a good character. And I really choose a lot of the times based on this criteria. <laughs> oh yeah. The skills can be taught. Well, character cannot be changed. 
So do you, if anybody out there, you know, like look out for Joss when uh, when she is uh, is posting. <laughs> if you if you yeah yeah, I would love to see uh, uh, job applications from other countries besides Cyprus as well. We we are getting some applications in the past few months, and I, it's, I'm very happy to see this. Good, happy to hear it. Now. Um... We're done. I don't normally I have the toughest challenge, but we have been talking about it, so there's no reason to to have that segment. And I promise you, it would be short. <laughs> there, there are too many of them. Uh, you know what? I'm too chatty. I don't know which I'm one. I'm too chatty, Celia. So I, 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 sometimes it's when I sit and edit things. I say, "Phew, with you know." <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's it's pleasant to talk to you. I didn't feel at all that it was tiring for me. <laughs> the question about the toughest challenge. Let's do another episode on that. I think <laughs> there, I, I can't talk about problems and mistakes I've made no. or challenges think, for hours. I think um, I would like to have an episode with maybe a couple of with you or and one employee or something like this, where we dig into how you work as a company because I. I had the four four day working week episode with Christina, and now we just discussed about specifically Christmas, but uh, you know. Like, how it's a good we, to shed light to shed episodes. light on on smaller smaller grants consultancy companies and how they work. We can do an episode on what goes wrong when you start writing a proposal. From our experience, what can go wrong and how you can avoid this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we've seen a lot of the cases, things going wrong, and how you have to handle this. If you are the project manager, let's say, of the proposal writing process. Yeah, actually, I uh, until now, I have been focusing on, so I have a timeline series where I have generic episodes of, of breaking the proposal process into, into bits and pieces. And then I have guest episodes covering different corners. But I will, at some point of time, also get to exactly these mistakes when things go really wrong, I will also have, you know, like episodes where I have people coming in explaining a horrible process just for, to get an example, you know, uh, I will also share my own horrible examples of processes that went exactly. horribly wrong. Um, so yes, I would like to, to have an episode on that. So we can, uh, we yeah. can do that in a new year. Um, yeah. whenever suits you. I think there's a lot of value. There's a lot of value in discussing the mistakes you have made and what you have learned out of them and what can go wrong based on your experience because that's how younger people also learn once they're starting getting into our own business, what they should be avoiding and what they should be careful of. That's a deal. Um, thanks for this. We will, it's, it's not, um, uh, with this, this podcast is unrolling, so it's not. Uh, so we can arrange it whenever it fits you best in your uh, calendar of submitting proposals for clients. Of deadlines that are um, coming in March. That's March. We have a lot of deadlines in okay. March. Then yeah, March. we will do it in spring when you finish that. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it in, in April. Yeah. Maybe. The funny thing, Nils, is that if you're the owner of a company, it, the deadlines never stop. They're always there because once the proposals are finished, you have to do project progress reports, uh, check other reports as deliverable. So the, it's always busy. It never stops. It's like this. <laughs> the... If you have a lot of employees uh, <laughs> in your team, there's always more work coming uh, all the day, all day long. But I'm sure we will find time. As we've done now, we will find time. No worries. No problem. 
Sylvia, uh, on that note, let's uh, let's wish the the listeners a Merry Christmas. Of course, I hope you all really enjoy your Christmas time with your loved ones. You really spend time, you know, with yourself as well, doing what you enjoy doing when we usually don't have the time to do this on a on a regular basis. Recharge your batteries, have fun, enjoy yourselves, you know. Yes. Really relax and not work at all. Don't even look at your emails or any other professional sites during the Christmas <coughs> holidays. Just really switch off. Yep. For Christ's sake, try, and even if you miss it, try to switch off. <laughs> yes, yes, we will, we will do it one week. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you for listening to the end. Uh, I, together with Celia, I wish you all a very, very nice uh, end of the year here, Christmas and New Year's Eve. And the grand, I continue, I was considering making a break, but nah. You know, <laughs> I have I have actually actually have a lot of content that I am uh, editing now, so there will be coming episodes also out in during Christmas and New Year. So don't worry, the grant content goes on. Go to my web, go to my website, subscribe for Christ's sake. Go in there; it's important for me. Go to, <laughs> subscribe to the to the podcast uh, to the email list. That helps me in my end to build up this initiative. Um, Celia. Thank you so much for coming in for this uh, this Christmas special. Everybody out there, thanks for listening and see you next time. Bye. Thank you, Dales. <laughs>